played by Westbrook. Ginobili for three. Yes! One point lead for San Antonio. Terry, a long three. Bang! Jason Terry gives the Mavericks a seven point lead with 33 seconds remaining. Zippers bring it in. Five seconds to go. Tie game. Seat belts are fastened. Lou Williams for the win. Bingo! Oh my goodness. Welcome to episode two and a half of the Six Man Podcast. Coming from you live at about 516 Eastern Time on January 13th. One night after we recorded a loaded podcast about an hour long. Talking all things NBA, today we're just going to talk about one thing and one thing only, and that is one of the biggest trades in NBA history uh, just unfolded. First off, Cam, thanks for joining me. I know it was a short notice, uh, but let's talk about this. Sham Sharani of The Athletic uh, Rockets trading James Harden to the Nets, so the Rockets in return get Victor Oladipo. Dante Exum, uh, Ranios Karuks, is that how you say his name? Uh, I'm going to give you an A for effort there. (laughs) We got uh, three Brooklyn first-rounders in 22, 24, 26. A Milwaukee first-round unprotected in 22. Four Brooklyn first-round pick swaps, 21, 23, 25, and 27, and I believe a Cavs second-round pick. Um, no, I, I think that 2022 first-round pick is the Cavaliers via the Bucks. So gotcha. if there is a second-round pick, I'm not seeing it, but I wouldn't be surprised if, if uh, the Cavs second, The second-rounder second rounder is going to the Pacers. Oh, there we uh, go. Which we'll get to that. Pick. Cavs are receiving Jared Allen and Torian Prince. And the Pacers are getting one of my favorite players of all time coming out of the University of Michigan in Karis LeVert. First things first that popped off my mind here. Pacers are getting Karis LeVert, dumping a contract in Oladipo's that's expiring, and... Getting back under the tax. They were over by about $700,000. And now they're under by about $1.6 million, uh, Which means that if they do make a late season push, let's say for a title, um, there is a chance they could sign a Lance Stevenson or a veteran men player. Um, that second round pick is probably just going to be sold to a random team on draft night. I really think, though, like the Pacers win this trade and the Cavs are second in this trade. Uh, what are your initial thoughts here? I So I said it yesterday, any trade involving James Harden was probably going to be for too much. Um, I, I think there is – I think his value is severely inflated in this trade. I – you know, we, we were mentioning it beforehand. I don't think the Nets really got better unless, you know, Harden really comes around and really has an attitude 
two adjustment um, compared to what we saw both last night and this morning uh, in this press conference. Um, I, I like Karis LeVert. I think he's going to be good in Indianapolis. I I wouldn't underestimate um, you know Victor Oladipo in Houston either. I I think you know I I, I will say this. Getting Victor Oladipo next to John Wall is one of the most exciting things I think that's going to come out of this because Victor Oladipo has already been looking for another team to call his own. He didn't like the fact Indiana wouldn't go out and spend big, you know, to bring talent in around him. He didn't like the fact that the Pacers wouldn't just sign him to a max deal. This this is a chance for Victor Oladipo to put another city on his back like he did in 2017, 2018. You know, he's having a good year, averaging about 20 points a game, uh, rock-solid defense. He's starting to get his skip and jump back. I just, for me, I think Karis LeVert fits better with the pieces the Pacers currently have, and you have him under contract for two more seasons. I mean, the starting five of the Pacers now, you have under contract for at least two more years. Uh, you know, if you really wanted to keep Turbonis together, uh, if you wanted to keep uh, the combo of Malcolm Brogdon, Lavert, and Warren together, that's all still there. They also have Justin Holiday now for another three years, Jeremy Lamb for the remainder of this year, and two additional. Aaron Holiday's under contract, but Taze's under contract. I mean, the Pacers are set. And I think the Cavaliers' haul is actually very interesting. Yeah, in my opinion, if the Nets don't win a title, this could be one of the worst trades. Well, you're exactly right. If they, this will be the second worst trade in Nets history. You know, when they gave up all those picks to get Kevin Gar- Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce um, from Boston. It, yeah, it completely ruined. You know, really ruined their future short term there and. I think we've seen it before. It's like there's a very large evidence, very large body of evidence that if you're giving up multiple picks, that is really going to put a strain on you because you're not, it kind of limits your ability to go out and develop and find, you know, some nice, you know, cost controlled, you know, rookies that can turn into, you know, bench pieces can potentially find a way into your starting lineup. It it kind of, you know, helps prevent helps secure you from you know maybe like a rough free agent class where you don't necessarily you know secure your targets um i you know like i said i said it last night i i don't think that any haul that you were going to have to give up for james harden was going to be worth it i don't think that this really makes the nets better um you know obviously you know losing you know karis lavert and jared allen i think is I think that's going to be a bigger deal than we realize. I I don't necessarily see. I mean, who's who's out there on like the buyout market? Like, who can Brooklyn really add for depth? Because right now it's they have, you know, Jeff Green, Landry Shamit, and like the, really the only other people playing, you know, significant minutes for them are you know, uh, Timo. Timothy uh, Cabaret and like Bruce Brown and maybe like Chris Chioza. It's like well, and and I, and I think I think one thing that they probably thought in this trade is that Bruce Brown looks drastically improved from where he has been in the past. 
I believe Bruce Brown's actually paying about 15, 16 minutes a game right mm-hmm. now. His defense has been stellar all year. I just, this has been one of the wildest days in history, right? Like, we watched, you know, Donald Trump get impeached for the <laughs> second time. Crazy. Uh, and then we just had this tr- monumental trade go down. Well, it, it's like it all happened so fast. It's like I, I have to imagine that, yeah, I have to imagine Houston's front office was all over that. Like, as soon as that press conference happened, I have to imagine that they were, you know, hitting up Brooklyn, hitting up Philadelphia. It's like, hey, now's the time. Send us something. I don't know if you've seen all the comments on this. There was a lot of comments from other players around the league saying, like, James Harden shouldn't be speaking. Like, Well, even his own team, even, um, like, DeMarcus Cousins was like, hey, I'm not here because of James Harden. I'm here because of John Wall. It's, like, it's disrespectful. And it's like, you know, you're reading that, and it's like that um, there's a, a really intriguing article on uh, Yahoo, Yahoo Sports Today, that really kind of just laid it out, um, you know, by Ben Rohrbach, who, you know, really said, like, hey, James Harden has quit on the Rockets. And it's like he listed out all basically – he had like a James Harden low light reel from their uh, latest, their last game against Los Angeles. It's like his, his, there were some plays on offense where he was playing like he did, like he was a uh, in fourth grade and he did not want to be past the ball. There were some, just some, I, I know that he's been, you know, dragged for his defense a lot recently, but there was just some, just zero effort on offense or defense yesterday. And then, you know, to come out and say, like, this team isn't good enough, you know, I, I don't think it can be fixed. It's it's like... It's pathetic. It, it, it's one of the worst things I've ever heard a player say about his own team. Now, Oladipo last year, rumored uh, by many accounts to say things like, hey, get me out of here, like, I want to play with you. To several teams, uh, there's an Indy Star article written by Jay Michael about all about that. I am shocked that James Harden kind of dealt with this in such a way. Uh, I will say this, though. I really think this fit, you know, in Indiana with Karis LeVert is going to be electric. You have a very athletic wing so six six, averaging eighteen and a half, six assists, four rebounds a game, shooting forty four percent from the field. Who is going to be with Malcolm Brogdon and Devonta Sabonis, both who are some of the best distributors in the league, to go with, you know, T.J. Warren obviously when he gets back, Jeremy Lamb coming off the bench, uh, as well as Aaron Holiday, Justin Holiday. This adds, I think, a new level to the Pacers' depth when. Their only two wings are T.J. Warren, who's out, and their other wing being Jeremy Lamb, who's also out, you know, up until probably the next couple Yo, of weeks. Yo, put some respect on Doug McDermott's um, name. I, but see, the issue is I, I still don't know if Doug McDermott counts as a wing in today's day as he doesn't play the wing defense that you would need him to. Karis LeVert can guard one through four mm-hmm. in today's NBA uh, whereas I would hesitate putting McDermott in any defensive situation. Yeah, so it's I'm I'm willing. It's 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 definitely intriguing. I think you're right. The Pacers, I think long term, 
are, or at least throughout the season, I, I think this has the most. Well, it, you know, if, if Brooklyn's able to figure everything out, then obviously it has the most upside for the Nets. But I don't see that necessarily happening. So in in that, um, you know, with that in mind, I think upside. This has a, a you know, a, every team I think here got significantly better except Brooklyn. I think this is a it's kind of a push with the Nets to, until I think Brooklyn Brooklyn was a push. I think Brooklyn was a push. I think the Rockets. I, here's the thing. I, I, I don't know if they got. I, I don't know if the Rockets got better. It's addition by but subtraction. My argument though. is, yeah, I think they got more interesting. And I, you know, a lot of people don't like Dante Exum. I actually think he's a fine basketball player. People have been up and down on Oladipo all season. Let me tell you this: Victor Oladipo is going to be a class act in Houston. You're never going to hear him publicly say the audacious things that we heard out of James Harden. But I will—I I don't know really how this Brooklyn squad matches up to any team in the East in the playoffs. They're going to need, they need at least one or two more depth pieces at the, at, just at the very minimum, because it's, I, I, so here's, here's really, here's really my thinking. This is almost like a trade for like two players for the Nets because it's like not only are you getting Harden, but I, I think you're hoping that you're getting Kyrie Irving back, at least like mentally. You're hoping like this is going to help him kind of buy back in because, you know, o- over the past few days, over the past few games, you know, we certainly, I think the que- it's, it's fair to ask that question, you know, how, how bought in is he? What's his level of enthusiasm for this year? Um, and I, I, I think that, you know, obviously Brooklyn made this trade with that in mind, like thinking that they're going to get, you know, the best of Kyrie Irving going forward. Um, I, it, it's just one of those things like you hope that this works out for everybody because it can get real messy in Brooklyn really quick. You know, if, if they can't rein in some of these attitudes. Right, and... I, I'm looking at their roster because ESPN's actually updated it. They have their big three, Irving, Durant, and Harden. Beyond that, I mean, are you starting Landry Shamit and Bruce Brown or Tyler Johnson and Jeff Green? I don't know who you start, who you sit, but I think ultimately Kevin Durant should be playing the five because nobody can guard him. And you still need to have Joe Harris coming off the bench. I know Joe Harris is probably their fourth best player on this roster. Uh, after all is said and done, it is, and it, it with Den with Denwitty out, it's so hard because I, I I just I don't see how they how they match up well to any team in the East, especially with Spencer Denwitty out. I think if Denwitty was healthy, it changes the whole complexity of the trade because I think a healthy Denwitty is probably traded in here somewhere, and. Without that, uh, without Spencer Dinwiddie even being able to come off the bench, you know, in place of Kyrie Irving, you can't expect Kyrie, Kevin Durant, and James Harden to play 42 minutes a game every game, game in, game out. The way things are stacking up in the East, you know, the Pacers, I believe, are the three seed with their win last night, which was an immaculate game. If, if you didn't stay up to watch it, the Pacers, you know, put on a show out, out, out in Golden State. Uh, it was a very very entertaining game um 
And the Pacers are a deep team. I mean, they have 11 guys who can play quality minutes for you. They are right in the thick of things. And uh, obviously, they're two games up currently on Brooklyn. I, I would certainly move Indiana up by, like, Eastern Conference playoff power rankings here. I, I think I think Indiana... I think Indiana just moved into the second tier of teams. Uh, before the season, I said they were probably in the third tier of Eastern Conference teams. Mm-hmm. And they probably just moved themselves back up into the same conversation as your Miami Heat and Boston Celtics. I still say the big three in the East, Philadelphia, Milwaukee, and Brooklyn, are going to be the toughest teams to beat. And that's if Brooklyn gets their shit figured out. But you got to remember, like... This Pacers team has, you know, been competitive. Yeah, and it's like, you, you know, you list those three teams and, like, you, you still have, like, Miami, Boston, and uh, and Indiana. I, I, I think, like, we saw it last year. I think any one of, like, that first three can lose there's, to that There are six teams three. in yeah. the East. It's, it's a... Yeah, there, there are six teams in the East that can actually, I think, go out and do it now. Indiana got a huge upgrade... Uh, I still don't. I don't trust Orlando. I think Charlotte's still in that third tier of teams with Atlanta. I I just I'm very intrigued by what ends up happening after this trade. I don't like when is Brooklyn's next game because it'll be interesting to see like when. Okay, so they play the Knicks tonight. So either Orlando the 16th or they save it for you know hopefully everybody debuts against Milwaukee on the 18th. Now if everybody plays in that game against Milwaukee, that can be. You know, we may be, I know people will, I, I know everyone is still going to be, you know, finding their footing and, you know, getting used to playing with each other, but that'll be an intriguing game. Right. So, uh, here, here's a fun one, right? So, obviously tonight, <clears throat> if I am anybody who bets on sports, I am hammering the Knicks money line, which is a plus 155 against the Nets tonight, because I'm pretty sure Kyrie is out. Uh, he's out for an extended amount of time because of the NBA being very pissed off at him and him being an absolute moron mm-hmm. recently. Um, then you have Kevin Durant, who probably will not play tonight because they played last night. Uh, Dinwiddie's obviously out. Nicholas Claxton is out. James Harden won't be joining the team until Friday, according to reports. Okay. So here's my thought process. There is that game they have. I believe it's Saturday. Probably not going to see James Harden play. Um, and I, I mean, you probably aren't going to see Kyrie Irving play either. So Monday the 18th on TNT seems like a really interesting time for James Harden to be making his Nets debut. Um, I will say this before we wrap things up. Uh, you know, because we've been going on about 20 minutes into this. I want to talk about the absolute haul that the Houston Rockets just traded, uh, got in return here. Yeah, and then if we're talking about hauls too, just real quick, like Cleveland getting Jarrett Allen could be a very important, uh, a, a very important acquisition for them going forward. I agree, and and every everybody should. Everybody forgets Tarian Prince is a hell of a basketball player too. It's it's one of those deals that like, all right, Cleveland is is five and seven now, 
but that like that really that pickup really intrigues me for the future going forward for Cleveland, and uh, that's all I say about that. I, I think I mean, that's a that's a great pickup. Cle- Cleveland got ri- Cle- Cleveland got rid of Dante Exum, who has averaged four points this year. Uh, he has a six point two seven per. Personally, uh, getting rid of Dante Exum actually solves some of Cleveland's issues because they were very overloaded with yeah. guards. Uh, if you, if you, I don't know if anybody subscribes to ESPN Plus. Uh, they gave Brooklyn Nets a D for the deal. The Pacers got a B plus. The Rockets got an A minus, and the Cavaliers got a C. I think that C grade is way too low. I think this is like A plus, like A plus deal for. I would, yeah. Like they got rid of Dante Exum. They got rid of Dante Exum and a first round pick in exchange for Jared Allen and Tarian Prince. Like. People forget how good Tarian Prince was down the stretch for Brooklyn last year and how good he is game after game after game for that team. I mean, he's been putting up some productive numbers. Even if his uh, splits aren't as great as they usually are, the dude's only 26 years old. Um, turns 27 later this year. Very good wing. Uh, very good defensive wing, too. Tarian Prince, very underrated defender. I, I just I don't see how that's a C. Uh, and again, the Karis Lavert getting Indiana getting back Karis Lavert and a second round pick again second round pick not really super meaningful. But getting back Lavert who cuts their cap down three and a half million dollars. If Lavert can stay healthy, I, whew, man, the Pacers are going to be very scary. Uh, but the one thing I do want to talk about is Houston, the Houston Rockets. I mean, obviously at this moment it looks like they're going into full tank mode uh, to the naked eye. But it's not crazy for me to think that Houston could still make a ten seed and get into the playing game. No, right? like, I, I think this, this is, team. I, I think this is a, it's a honestly, like I said before, it's addition by subtraction for Houston getting rid of of Harden after what he said today. Um, but. I don't like. I mean, I don't mind this 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 roster for Houston. I don't. I, I think this is a. I, I think if if they can get some if you know if they can get um, Eric Gordon back, like they if like this this team can play. Like you know, we just talked about how well you know Christian Wood has been playing. John Wall hasn't been bad this year. I think. You know, Oladipo... And Vic, Victor Oladipo has been very serviceable. 20 points yeah. a game, 6 rebounds, 5 assists. And Will, he actually brings yeah, defense. Exactly. You know, that is the one thing that the Rockets have lacked all season was uh, defense. And the Pacers, you know, clearly are a superior defense, a very superior defensive team. Got rid of a decent defender in Oladipo in exchange for a little more offensive presence with Levert, but let's not forget Oladipo is averaging like three steals mm-hmm. a game. I mean he's he's one of the best uh, aggressive defenders around. Um, I think again it'll take. I just want it, it'll take a little bit of time for Houston to kind of refine its feet after today, but I mean this is a. I don't think it will. It's. I don't think it will. I, I, I really think, like, you just have Dante Exum who's going to sit on the bench, uh, come in, play you know, 15 minutes mm-hmm. a game. I think you have a Victor Oladipo who is going to basically be an actual shooting guard for John Wall. You know, John Wall works best when he has a guy 
who is trailing to shoot threes or a guy who is driving to the rim to get his assist numbers up who is also as athletic as he is. You know, one thing with Harden was Harden liked having the ball in his hands. Well, now you have a Victor Oladipo who can play both point guard and shooting guard. And if you want to stretch it small forward to where you have a shooter who, you know, Oladipo shooting, I believe, 37% from three this year, uh, 44 or 45% from the field. Um, It's hard for me to imagine a situation where the Rockets got worse out of this deal. And let's talk about the picks. I mean, who does, who, how are we supposed to know if Brooklyn doesn't just flame up after this? Yeah, those could be, those could be some interesting picks, especially the, the later ones. Um, yeah, you're talking 2023, 2020, like tw- 20, you know, 2025, 2027, yeah, like, where they have pick swaps and they've getting, they're getting these picks. All the pick swaps suddenly look really tasty to the Rockets in three years. Yes. Oh, um, yeah. I, I, this, like, I don't see a, th- this is a win now move from Brooklyn. Um, and, you know, obviously those, we know how well those tend to turn out in the NBA. Um, it's, it. There have been, there's been one, there's been one that's worked really well. And that was the Anthony Davis move. Yeah. And the rest of them have been either very okay or horrendous. Yeah, like, the, I, mean, the, I feel like the NBA is the hardest, the league, the hard, you know, the, the hardest league to, like, pull off a, like, a, a trade deadline or, like, a midseason deal for to be a contender and then, like, get the results that you think you're going to get back. Like, it, it's not like baseball where you can go, like, you know, the Cubs in 2016 adding you know, Ardolis Chapman and then, you know, riding his arm to a World Series, it's it's a lot harder, I feel like, for a contender to add a piece in the NBA and, you know, really turn it around uh, and, and turn it into a championship. Like, I, 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 you know, NBA teams, like, they make a lot of, like, you know, small small pickups here and there throughout the year. You know, they're active on the, on the buyout market. You know, you're, you know, you're creative – with some of the deals you're gonna get, you know, between like salary dumps and and that, but it's this is like this. I I, I don't think this is gonna work out for Brooklyn the way they think the way that they think it's gonna going to. It it, it can't. It it just can't. I agree one hundred percent. Yeah, I need. I, I will say I need cameras in the Nets locker room. Like, stat. That would be the highest rated reality show on television <laughs> oh i agree 100 percent. you know there are a few people left on the buyout market i think lance stevenson actually could end up with the brooklyn nets um that seems like a interesting pickup for them especially if you get them at league minimum um it's tough there's a lot of players who are for lack of better terms, like, I don't know where you would go. Uh, on the basketball.realgm.com, you know, I guess you could, like, see Ike Anabogu uh, maybe get a chance. You have Leangelo Ball, who's meh. Uh, J.J. Barea, Marco Bellinelli still available, technically. Amita Brema, 
I just, I, I don't know what the option actually is going to end up being. Um, in theory, they could go get Vince Carter out of retirement because of the uh, NBA rules on that. Don't think that that's a move they want to make. Maybe Dwayne Dedman, he's a solid player, but 31. Gerald Green is still available, but again, he's 34 years old. I just don't know how that would work out. Um, I think Lance Stevenson, you know, may be one of the best... Uh, available players here but ultimately it's going to be interesting down the stretch Hazonia like Mario Hazonia is available uh also a big fan of Jalen Horde I know a lot of people don't like him but the dude's only 21 he's a very raw player um Nick Batum Alizé Johnson just got released from Toronto uh, very good effort player off the bench. Michael Kidd-Gilchrist is still available in the buyout market. Um, I'm not the biggest Kidd-Gilchrist fan, but he's very good. Brandon Knight still there. Kyle Korver. I don't know. There are options, obviously. Shabazz Napier was one I just saw that popped up. Um, you know, there are tons of options available i don't know what the best course of action is um especially with their salary cap situation it's 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 very interesting right now it's like there's there's a million different ways they can go i mean it's interesting it's just i i cannot believe this i mean this is absolutely outrageous and i don't think deals are done i think that there is going to be another move here I think that we might see Philadelphia answer this with a deal of their own.